Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where a stupid boss learned the hard way that you should never mess with the IT guy. Our next Reddit post is from Epic Sausage. So I work for a construction company as an inventory admin. My job is to basically schedule counts of our warehouse and input the numbers they give me for inventory. Then I try to see what the problem is when the numbers on the last count and the current count don't add up. The problem with this job is that when you've been doing it long enough and you're good at it, there's less work to do. In the beginning, when counting one rack out of 60 racks of material would take a few days, it was fine because I was always busy. But now that everything's in order, the entire warehouse can be counted in three days. This leaves me bored for most of the time. So to fix this, I studied up on our cloud-based ERP service that we use for all internal and external transactions, and I've kind of become an expert on it. Every single aspect of this company uses this ERP service to do their job. Timesheets, HR, payroll, accounting, scheduling, management, manufacturing, ordering from vendors, delivering, inventory, etc. They all run through this ERP service. So it is very important that this service is up and running perfectly 24-7. I became so proficient in this service that our VP decided to cut ties with our consultants of this ERP because I could do what they did, but better, quicker, and much cheaper. For reference, we were paying these consultants $5,000 a month just to be on standby if we needed them for some sort of problem that could arise from using this ERP. And even then, we had to dish out even more money to fix those problems. I'm not sure what their exact rate was, but it was something like 200 bucks an hour and they took weeks to fix anything. Meanwhile, I could fix the problem in time for my daily afternoon bathroom break. I never got an official job title or raise of any kind for being an expert on this service. The company just saw me being able to do it and they let me fix things that happened so they no longer needed the outside help. I wasn't too upset because it gave me something to do, so I was glad to help the company save money, even if none of that money fell my way. Skip ahead a few months. We now have a new warehouse manager, and someone in the warehouse messes something up in inventory by sending a bunch of materials to the wrong job with no records of it being shipped. We're talking a half million dollar screw up here. In the same day, our ERP had an update that caused a bunch of bugs with our accounting department. So I decide to work on the ERP problem first because the warehouse screw up is more of a delay screw up and not actually stopping anyone from doing their job at that moment. Meanwhile, this accounting problem means that none of our bills are able to be paid. You can guess what kind of issues we'll have if bills aren't paid. The ERP bugs turned out to be quite big and numerous, so it ends up taking me a couple of days to figure out, but I fix it before any bills are actually due, and I decided to take lunch a little early to celebrate a victory. Crisis averted. The new warehouse manager storms into my office after I get back from lunch and is livid. Apparently, the bosses were pinning the blame on him for the warehouse screw-up. And considering that he's the one who oversees shipments and personnel in the warehouse, he is the one responsible. He starts laying into me, asking why I haven't fixed this problem yet, yelling and screaming like a child. I tried explaining that I was fixing an ERP issue, and I haven't had time to look at the warehouse problem yet. He gets even more angry and says that it's funny how I have time to take early lunches and not do my job. That started to piss me off but I held my tongue and kept calm about the situation. 
He then ordered me to only do what's in my job title and to leave the ERP nonsense to the people who are competent enough to handle it, as he put it. Since this guy was technically my supervisor, I had no choice but to obey. I asked him to send me that in writing, and he snarks and storms back to his office. Five minutes later, I get an email stating that under no circumstances am I to work on anything related to ERP unless it involves inventory. Cue malicious compliance. I do nothing but inventory from that point forward, knowing damn well that we would essentially be coasting until we hit a problem that I would refuse to fix. Sure enough, not even a week later, I get an email from HR that some sort of bug in the ERP system was preventing them from accessing payroll to pay employees this week. I reply with an apology that I'm no longer able to work on ERP bugs due to my supervisor and I refer to the ERP system help guide for further assistance. I knew the help guide wasn't going to help her in the slightest, but it was no longer my problem so I wasn't going to deal with it. Skip forward a few days later to Friday. I checked my bank account in the morning before getting to work, and I laughed because there was no money deposited. That problem never got fixed. I hurry up and get to work, excited to see the chaos unfold. And what I was expecting was an understatement. When I show up to work, I see the entire warehouse staff of 50 people walking out the front door. I stopped one and asked them why they were leaving, and they replied with, I didn't get paid today, so I'm not coming back until I do. I go into the office and see the warehouse manager in a panic. He has jobs that need materials and nobody to load it or trucks to deliver. I ask him if he needs help with anything, and he just screams at me to leave his office because he's getting phone calls from job superintendents asking why the materials haven't arrived yet. I pass by HR on the way to my office and see a bunch of bosses huddled up around the HR person's computer, all with angry and confused expressions on their faces. I guess they were trying to figure out the problem. I felt bad for the HR person because it really was something out of her control, but I knew that she would ultimately be okay because she had been there for so long and they would never fire her. When I get to my office, I see the VP waiting for me there. He has a very pissed off expression on his face. When we get inside, he demands to know why I didn't fix the problem in HR when she emailed me about it. I replied that I'm no longer allowed to work on ERP problems because it's not in my job title. He has the most shocked look on his face and asks, why all of a sudden do I have this change of heart? I show him the email from my warehouse manager, and I can see the dots connect in his head. He immediately storms out, and I see him hitting straight for the warehouse manager's office. They were in there for a few hours, but eventually he comes back to my office. He seems calmer now and asks me politely if I can fix the problem in HR and if I can resume fixing the ERP if needed. At this point, I like the relief of responsibility, and I told him that I would only do it if he put it officially in my job title, along with a raise. His calmness turned to anger again, and he said, I can't believe you, as he stormed out and returned to his office. A few hours later, he sends out a mass email that he's hired the old ERP consultants to fix the problem, and that next week, everyone would be paid the money they're owed, along with the money they earned if they returned to work. This one surprised me, because he would rather pay over $60,000 a year to consultants than give me a few extra bucks an hour for better work. 
I think he expected me to change my mind and just do it for my own paycheck, but I decided to wait because I knew how these consultants were, and if they managed to fix this problem in a week, then I would streak naked through the office. Most of the warehouse staff agreed to return, but they were still upset about not getting paid. Sure enough, next Friday rolls around and nobody gets paid again. At this point, it's becoming a real problem and the entire staff is getting agitated. They have bills to pay. I even heard a bunch of warehouse workers talking about nearby competitors that they could go work for. At this point, I even considered just fixing the problem because the warehouse didn't deserve to be treated like that due to poor management. Maybe I'm the bad guy here for this, but I'm severely underpaid and can barely afford my apartment. There's no reason I should do extra work for free. The same day, the VP returns to my office and hands me papers. These papers said that I would be promoted to a newly created position that dealt with inventory and ERP upkeep. It would be its own department, and he would be my direct supervisor. Also, it came with a hefty raise. All I had to do was sign and agree. I looked up at him after reading the paper, and he had the saddest look on his face. Please just sign it. The consultant said that it would take them weeks to get around to fixing it due to the high volume of clients they've taken on and we can't keep skipping paychecks. I happily signed it and immediately got to work on the HR issue. I even managed to fix it the same day. OP, I'm really glad that it worked out for you in the end, but you shouldn't have let them take advantage of you for so long. You were doing work for free. I guess you learned a lesson not to work for free and I guess they learned a lesson too. Don't mess with the IT guy. Our next Reddit post is from Mom's Got Probs, bruh. At my last job, my boss, Kay, hated me. She turned everything into a competition. She mocked me publicly, she took credit for my work, and she divulged my personal medical information in front of all of our coworkers. She was cruel, and needless to say, I avoided her as much as I could. So, at the end of 2020, with the coronavirus blazing, I had just had my first baby. I was a nervous wreck my entire pregnancy, working from home and being extra careful. After my paternity leave, I had to return to the office with some precautions set in place. My boss became crueler to me over those first few weeks back, and suddenly announced that, regardless of any negative feelings towards it, she had decided that we all had to attend some kind of training in another state. Keep in mind that there were mandatory two-week at-home quarantines in place for anyone coming back to my state. But my boss fully planned on ignoring those quarantines and demanding that we would all return to the office as soon as we got back. I was carrying a heavy workload and pulling a lot of weight around the office, and I had some rank. So I felt fully comfortable expressing my deep concerns to Kay, telling her that it was peak COVID season and I had a newborn to worry about. I expressed that I simply didn't feel comfortable going in the middle of a global pandemic, and I asked if there was a remote training that I could attend instead. She firmly, adamantly insisted that there was no remote training and told me that I could quit if I was that upset with her decision. It's important to note that she insisted this for weeks, even claiming to have contacted the training organization to make sure. I decided on the spot after that meeting that I would be quitting. But still, I needed to check my boxes first, which took me a few weeks to figure out. Sometime after this meeting, and Kay's incessant insistence that there was no remote training, it finally occurred to me to check with the organization that was doing the training to ask them if there truly was remote training or not. So I checked, and lo and behold, there was remote training, and they'd been offering it for months. 
I asked them to email this information to me. Now to figure out how to use this valuable information, right? Wrong. As soon as I step back into the office, Kay starts fake empathizing with me out of nowhere in front of all of our coworkers, saying that she really wished that she didn't need to force me to go to this training. So I said, if you feel so bad, then let me go to the remote training. She looked at me in surprise, and her face turned beet red. Before she could fight me, I pulled up the email with the information and read it aloud in front of all of our coworkers. No one said anything. They just stared, wide-eyed at her while she blubbered like a fool. Long story short, after pulling that fast one on her, I pulled her into a private meeting and gave my notice. She was horrified because, as I stated prior, I carried a lot of the work around the office. But, like she said, I could quit if I didn't like her decisions. Our next Reddit post is from Inpatient Comment. Over 15 years ago, my husband was a nurse technician at a private hospital in a small town in Brazil. At this hospital, there was a constant problem of food being stolen from the employee's fridge. There were constant complaints, but the administration would just ignore them. One day, my husband bought a container of cream cheese worth about 50 cents, put it in the fridge, and when his break came, he found it missing. He went to HR to report the theft, and they told him that since it wasn't hospital property, there was nothing they could do. My husband just said, Is that so? Turned around and left. He got on the phone and called the cops, asking them to come to the hospital because there was a theft. He didn't tell them what was stolen. Now, private hospitals in Brazil have a big thing about image. So when two cop cars arrived in front of the hospital, everyone from patients, employees, HR, and even the top administration came to see what was going on. One of the cops who arrived ended up being one of my husband's uncles, so he went straight to my husband to ask him what happened. My husband, with the most serious expression, just told him, loud enough for everyone to hear, that he wanted to make an official report that someone stole his 50-cent pot of cream cheese. There was silence before his uncle asked, Are you serious? If I knew this was about a 50-cent container of cheese, we wouldn't have come, and I would have told you to go to the station to make a report if you wanted. My husband just answered with a smile. I know, he said. That's why I didn't say what was stolen, and now you do have to make the report, which the cop did. Obviously, the cops wouldn't do anything about it, but because of this whole circus that my husband created, the next week, the hospital installed a camera right in front of the employee's fridge, and the food theft finally stopped. Down in the comments, we have this story from Zorg Galactus. This happened to me before. I made tuna salad out of wet cat food. The next day, it was gone. The thief got quite the fancy feast. Lunch never went missing after that. Our next Reddit post is from Plogan. My friend, Gemma, told me about how she and an entire group of bridesmaids left a wedding after their friend dared them to. So, this all happened a few weeks ago. A longtime friend of Gemma's group was getting married in another state, but the day of the wedding, she suddenly had a problem with one girl who wore glasses, which she didn't have an issue with beforehand. The girl with the glasses told the bride that she wouldn't wear them during the vows and pictures, but the bridezilla didn't want her wearing them at all and was screaming at her to not put them on for the rest of the day. Obviously, she couldn't do that since she needs to see. The argument got more heated until the bridezilla gave her the ultimatum to take them off and keep them off or leave. This is when Gemma and the other bridesmaids stepped in, told the bridezilla that she was out of line and that they would all leave if she forced the girl with the glasses to leave. 
The bridezilla called their bluff, and the bridesmaids left the wedding and decided to celebrate and eat at a restaurant before they headed back home. Bridezilla called them several times after they left, telling them that she didn't care about the glasses anymore and please come back to the venue. But they not only refused, but also chose to end the friendship with her altogether. Jimma said that the wedding proceeded as normal, just minus the bridesmaids. Also, there were apparently a few awkward stares because everyone heard the bridezilla's screaming from earlier. Jim had told me that this bridezilla has always been like this, throwing a tantrum when she doesn't get her way, and that the meltdown at the wedding was just the last straw for them. Personally, I think she's got a monk's patience if she put up with her for that long. Yeah, that last paragraph kind of confirmed my suspicions, because I was thinking, if they pieced out of a wedding over glasses, then this was probably a long time coming. That was r slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.